Hello and welcome to Calling All Cars from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Calling All Cars, the copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Welcome to police calling all cars. Attention all cars broadcast 171 regarding the shooting at 1333 New Hampshire. See the man at that address for further information. That's all. Rolls and quick.
It is the evening of August 30th, 1935. In a fashionable flat on New Hampshire Street in Los Angeles, six people are seated at the dinner table. The dessert course eaten, they linger over their after-dinner coffee before starting an evening round of bridge. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, George, you've gone and done it again. There's nothing to do but repeat what I've said so many times before. This is the best meal I've ever eaten. <laughs> I'm firmly convinced the success of a meal depends a great deal on what's served before. The food itself doesn't have everything to do with it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you will grant me that a few cocktails help on. Why, George, do you mean that you plied us with liquor and that steak that we just ate was really nothing but dog food? <laughs> 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 Quickly, yeah. But well, 
seems to me that she was looking at Jim all the time. It... Oh, well, what? That, that's right. She didn't even glance at the rest of us. She was looking at Jim Walters all the time. He, he was sitting over there, and, and I was sitting like... Elated over the seeming simplicity of the case, Bain and Sheldon hurry back to headquarters and report their findings. Captain R.M. Davis, Detective Pat Brown, and the third officer go to the hospital where Walters, not fatally injured, is rested. Their pride in what they thought was such rapid progress is short-lived, however. But after a few short seconds with the man who had been shot... Well, Mr. Walters, it didn't take us long to find out who the woman was that shot you. What? Woman? Yeah, she was no friend of yours. You know Shirley Nealon, don't you? Well, yes, I know her. Well, she's been in Denver for some time past. Well, she's the one who shot you. What? Why, you're crazy. She didn't shoot me. Yes, and I don't know who did. But no, I can tell you this much. You're off on the wrong foot, see. Shirley neither didn't have anything to do with it. Mulling over these developments, which have changed what seemed at first an open shut case against Shirley Nealon, into a baffling example of diverse testimony, the three officers returned to headquarters to map out a plan of procedure. Learn that a 38 caliber slug from a Smith & Wesson gun has been removed from Walter's body. Proceed to his house on 103rd Street. Come in and ask you a few questions. Huh? Is that all right? Yeah, 
you want from me, anyway? We just want to ask you a few questions. First, uh, do you know uh, Shirley Nealon? Shirley Nealon? Why, certainly I know her. She's my stepdaughter. Why? Does Miss Nealon live here? No. No, she has an apartment near Aiton Rampart. She visits quite often, you know. Her brother said she was here early last evening. Hmm, she was here last night, eh? That's what her brother said. I didn't see her. Did you ever own a gun? Yes. Yes, I, I have one now. And I have a permit to carry it, too. Uh, I'll go get it if you want. Never mind that. Where do you usually keep your gun? Well, uh, under the mattress of my bed. Why under the mattress? Well, I don't like to have it around where anyone might find it. Dangerous to have people fooling with a loaded revolver. Is the gun there now? Mm-hmm. Was it six o'clock last night? I took it out to see if the barrel was rusting. What kind of a gun is it? Thirty-eight. I don't like anything bigger. You know, the kick kind of threw What you. kind of a gun is it? Uh, what company made it? Oh, it's uh, uh, Smith & Wesson. I, I thought you meant what the calendar was. Do you mind if we look at your gun? No, no, I'll go get it. We'll go with you. Yeah, well, uh, my room is just up the short stairs. Come right along. Say, what kind of a car does your stepdaughter drive? Uh, it's Ford Coupe. Hey, why are you asking all these questions? I'd like to know what this thing's all about. You just answer the question. Well, of course, I'll help the law as much as possible, but I'd like to know what it's all about. Is this your room? Yes. The gun's right under the corner of this mattress right here. I'll put it Well? Uh, well, it, it's gone. You sure you didn't know that all the time? Must be here. It was here last evening. It was right there. Yeah, was this brother of Neelan? Where is he? Well, he's in his room. Uh, I'll go get him if you want. Might be a good idea. And, uh, say, uh, don't forget to come back. Huh? Oh, no, no, sir. No, I'll be right back. Just a minute. <laughs> this is a funny one. Yeah, it sure is. It doesn't work out right at all. It's funny that this Neelan woman's stepfather should have a gun just like the one that was used on Walt. Yeah. And the gun's gone now. Well, Walt certainly knew whether she shot him or not. He evidently was pretty well acquainted with her. Yeah. But it isn't right at all. Take another look for that gun, will you? Okay, I'll take this mattress off. Take the rest of this bed. Well, here goes. No, nothing here at all. Oh, well, let it go then. Here they come back. Maybe the brother can tell us something. Hope so. Everybody else is talking in circles. Here's my son, officers. Good. It'll be a lot easier for everybody if you'll just answer our questions and don't talk otherwise. Yes, that's right, and I don't understand either, so let's do what they say. Now, when did you see your sister last? She was here at about 7.30. You know what she came after? She didn't exactly come after anything. What do you mean? Well, she came in and asked to use the phone first. You know who she called? No. Did you talk to her after she made the call? No, she just came in and sat down and... Then jumped up and said she just remembered something. She had to get in the other apartment. What other apartment? This one? Yes. What did she do? Well, I heard her in here. And she went out to her car and she drove away. You didn't talk to her anymore? Yes. She phoned about 11. What did she say? Do you remember? Yes. She said to tell her mother that she was all right. And that she wouldn't be home. That she was staying at her girlfriend's house. Just if any officer. Uh, people have been yeah, about looking for uh, What did you say? Many people have been about looking for her. Now, that isn't what you started to say. What exactly did she say? I believe my sister said 
Have any cars been out there after me? After more questioning that they can gain no further information, the two officers leave the house on 64th Street. Return again to headquarters where they find welcome news. The men guarding Walter's home have taken into custody a woman in red. Tired as they are, they speed at once to the house. Find the woman seated comfortably in a chair, smoking, surrounded by officers. The wall clock reads just 4 a.m. That's all, boys. Ron, I will ask the lady a few questions. Now, uh, maybe you can tell us just what you were doing in Mr. Walter's house. I am Mrs. Walter. What? Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, will you? Aren't you Shirley Neelan? Yes, that is my professional name. And yet you say your name is Mrs. Walter. Mr. Walters and I were married in human. Uh, did you know that Walters was shot tonight? Yes. How did you know? I called Mr. Reynolds to the department. He told me. It's not serious, is it? Yes, but he lived. He'll be in court to testify against you. Testify against me? Why, I didn't have anything to do with it. Tell us just what you did yesterday. Well, I, I slept until around noon. Then I went downtown to a dentist. The work had been done, I went to a theater. I wanted to kill some time. You see, I had a dinner engagement with Mr. Walters. After the theater, I called him. Did Mr. Walters meet you for dinner? No, he didn't. Hmm. Did you go to your stepfather's on 64th Street after you called him? No. Well, didn't you go there and take your stepfather's gun? Gun? I didn't even know he had a gun. Yes, your stepfather has a thirty-eight caliber Smith & Wesson pistol. Well, and that's the same kind of a gun that was used to shoot Walters. Well, I didn't know he had a gun. I didn't have anything to do with the rest of it. I wasn't even there when Mr. Walters was shot. Where were you? I was here. After I called Mr. Walters from downtown, I came here and waited for him. He didn't come, and I telephoned several people. I called Mr. Ennis and asked if he was there. What did he say? He said that Mr. Walters wasn't there. That he expected him for dinner. Had Walters asked you to come to dinner? No. Maybe he didn't know that I was in town. You see, I've been away for some time. Yeah? He knew you were back. Well, I... then I don't know why he didn't ask me. How long did you stay here at the house? I've been here ever since. I called Mr. Ennis again a little after nine. That's when I found out about the shooting. Now, you weren't here when we first came to the house? No. But the car was here. It recently been running. The radiator was still warm. Where were you then? Well, I was in the backyard. In the backyard? What are you doing in the backyard? You weren't hiding from anyone by any chance, were you? Yes, sir. As a matter of fact, I was. After I found out about Mr. Walters being shot, I, I went out of the house and started to back my car out of the driveway. And well, then I, I saw a car drive up and I, I thought it was the police and they think I had something to do with it. So I, I ran out into the backyard. Where were you in the backyard? I was hiding in the corner be, behind the dogs. How long did you stay there? Oh, I don't know. Maybe a half an hour. By that time, there were more officers around. Finally, I, I decided that I didn't have anything to be afraid of. So I walked in the back door. And that's when the police found me. Repeated questioning brings no results. Davis and Brown finally take the woman to the Central Homicide Office. Turn her over to Captain H. J. Wallace, whose expert questioning still fails to change her story. Realizing that they must have more physical evidence, the men wait for the sun to arrive, then go once more to Walter's house to search the ground. Beginning at the rear of the premises, they comb the backyard. 
find nothing. Well, we'll draw the backyard off our list. Yeah. Come on. Let's take a look at the back porch and then go through the house again. You take that side and I'll take this. Look everywhere. Just like that, too. Only when he went to get it, 
It was gone. Well, that doesn't mean anything. No, that doesn't mean anything. Only it's funny, because this Nealon woman of yours was seen at her stepfather's between the time he saw the gun at 6 o'clock and the time he looked for it about 2 this morning. Well, that doesn't prove that she did it. Now, look, I know Shirley better than you do. And I say that she didn't do it. I don't know who did it. Acting like the accused, instead of a potential murder victim under the questioning, Walters clings stubbornly to his original contention. However, the testimony of the neighbors, her own dubious account of her movement, the gun and the Ford car, is enough evidence to bring Shirley Nealon to trial. On October 18, 1935, she appears before Superior Judge Vickers in a hectic trial where Walters, on the side of the state, gives testimony obviously in favor of the defendant. But the jury, after 40 minutes of deliberation, announces a verdict of guilty as charged in the information. On November 1st, Judge Vickers sentences Shirley Nealon. found guilty as charged. Therefore, I sentence you to from one to twenty years to have to be prison. But the last chapter has not been written in the strange drama when Shirley Nealon is taken to prison. For two months later, Jim Walters finds himself facing Judge Agler. Not in the role of witness this time, but as defendant. Listens in spite of amazement as the court sympathizes with the reason behind your testimony. However, there is a law that says a person found to be guilty of false evidence shall be liable to a charge of perjury. Shirley Nealon has been found guilty of the charges against her, which can mean only one thing that you, Jim Walter, have, for some strange, distorted sense of chivalry, perjured yourself in this court. Therefore, I sentence you to serve the term provided by law for such an offense. Namely, from one to ten years in San Quentin Penitentiary.
Your independent Rio Grande dealer also has a particularly newsy issue of Calling All Cars News for you this week. Something for every member of the family. Pictures, movie and radio gossip galore. Get your copy tomorrow. And don't forget to ask next time for Sinclair Motor Oil. Sinclair Pennsylvania and Sinclair Opaline, the fairly de-waxed, de-jellied motor oils that you can use all year round without changing grades. See your Rio Grande dealer tomorrow. Police calling all cars, attention all cars, a cancellation broadcast 171 regarding the shooting. Suspect in this case is now in custody. That's all. So, rooting clip. Your narrator, Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company.